Here we go again. It's from Colin. It's Shannon. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Um, we talked about this yesterday or the day before. This is um time of year where you can watch just about any sport you want to watch. Um, and you're almost always faced with some kind of choice. I would suspect there's more channel flipping going on right now among sports fans than at any other time of the year. Wouldn't you think? Perhaps. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and uh, we're going to throw uh, an NFL game in um, tonight. tonight to the, uh, to the, to the situation. So there'll be the, the four major sports will be going head to head to head to head uh, in across the continent. And I actually will watch some of the NFL game. I wonder why. Well, because my brownies are playing. It was a rhetorical question. Well, and I just say, I say this not for you, but for the audience, in case they are unaware of um, my, I don't know what it is. I'm looking forward to the quarterback for the Browns. Well, it ain't going to be the guy who's been playing quarterback for the last uh, two years. Yeah, No, I know. Case Keenum. Yeah, I know. But uh, well, Case Keenum's going to start. Yeah. And play, and, I, I want- guess, the whole game. And I don't know what to expect. Not much. And this team has, like, I don't, I, 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 I suspect they're not going to have either of their top two running backs. They have a bunch of offensive linemen that are hurt. They've got defensive backs that are hurt. Their quarterback is out. Oh, boy. I mean, this is sounding like mess. this sounds like Cleveland Brown excuses already in the game. Well, even started. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it's a mess. I don't see any way they win this football game. I think if they were playing the sisters of the poor, uh, they get beat. There's there's not much there. Um, anyway, we'll find out and we'll watch some of that. And then uh, what baseball do we have tonight? The I Dodgers are Dodgers. off. No, no, it isn't. The, is it? it uh, no, that's so. That's the boss. Isn't Boston? I think there's just the one game. Dodgers. Yes, yeah, Dodgers tonight. Dodgers are playing. Yeah, Dodgers. Because remember, they, they the three games in in three nights situation. So, well, Dodgers play tonight. Dodgers well, could be out, Bob. Well, they could very well be, and um, look, you can point to all kinds of things, but. This ongoing experiment of not using starting pitchers um, or bullpen games, and I mean, the Dodgers managed to win 100 and whatever they won, eight games over the course of the regular season. Now, I grant you, Kershaw is out, and Kershaw is a big weapon if he's on. And obviously, Scherzer's tired. (laughs) Why is Scherzer tired? A couple of days ago, he announced he was tired. Well, but they brought Scherzer in in ninth inning, yeah. right? Yep. And so, like, it just, this is stuff that the new breed thinks is revolutionary and effective, and I don't see it. Yeah. Like, if, if this whole philosophy of how you use your pitching staff actually worked, explain to me how the winning teams – yesterday scored 18 runs between them how did that how did that pitching rotate those pitching rotations work for boston and for uh i'd say not so good right that's a that's as good an analysis you can get of uh bullpen days i think bob right now. well you know either you got the pitching or you don't have the pitching and if you've got a pitcher who can who can throw if you limit them all year to five innings or whatever Mm -hmm. You're not going to have any. He's not going to be able to yeah. to throw 120 pitches in the in in the postseason, which is what you want. 
You want your best pitcher out there. You don't want some bullpen guy, and you sure as hell don't want five bullpen guys because I'll bet you that one of those guys at least is going to have an off day and get lit up. Well, and what it does do is it really puts pressure on the long relief guy. Um, well, who's that, that, though? Well, for the, isn't it Thomas for the, uh, for the Dodgers? Well, it's, it's, it's whoever they decide to put out there. Yeah. I, the, the, I, the long reliever really doesn't even exist anymore. It's five, five guys who can each throw an inning or two. Yeah. But I, I, I think that, I think it got the Jays in trouble at the end of the season when you sure think it about did. And I, I think that it's, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't ever think we'd, we'd hear and see so much discussion about bullpen games in the playoffs. It just doesn't, it, it's not logical to me uh, based on uh, and particularly how much money you're playing, you're paying your starting pitchers now too, Bob. I mean, that's the, that's the phenomenal thing. The amount of money you're putting on the mound and you have to put and, and somebody. You're get, and you're getting like 150 in. Yeah. yeah. That's all you're getting. Yeah. Like yeah, forget 300, which used to be the bar for a, a holiday right. um, successful starting pitcher. Was that was Fergie James. That was Nolan Ryan. Sure. You know, 250 was kind of like. Oh, there were so the many. Minimum. When we when we were younger and smarter, uh, there were so many good pitchers in baseball. So many. Do you think there are fewer now? I do. I don't. I guess my point is uh, I talk about starting pitches. I do expect them to go seven or eight innings. And, you know, well, the, don't, the, I mean, no, I know, but, but, you know, those guys, the great guys of the 70s, you know, the Seavers, the Suttons, uh, even the guys in the 80s and 90s, the guy, you know, that Braves lineup of starting pitchers that was so good. Uh, you know, Greg Maddox being Greg Maddox and Glavin doing what Glavin did. And, and you know, even, even, even John Schmoltz at times. I mean, they were, you they, really, they I don't long, think a lot longer I, time. You're not, you're not wrong. Obviously, statistically, you're, you're hundred percent accurate, but I'm not sure you have to back that far. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> the other thing, the other story that it, it may be uh, camouflaging is the Braves shouldn't be doing this. The Braves should not be up three games to one against the Dodgers. Well, I don't disagree with you, John, but the explanation is quite simple. It is the Dodgers' decision to utilize this advanced technology. Um, doesn't matter who pitches, just get a couple of innings out of anybody. Yeah. Philosophy. But, but when you think that there are I mean, three, three real stars, including uh, Acuna, three real stars for the Braves not playing and won't play. That to me is, is just a, an, an amazing storyline for the Atlanta Braves getting to the world series. You know, and your well, old buddy, Alex Anthopoulos. Well, I'd love to give him credit, but why not? You, I think, don't, I think you have to, well, no, I mean, you know, I love the guy. Um, Imagine was, if he had taken the job as your co-host. He wouldn't well, be with the Braves. He wouldn't have lasted in this job. Like, <laughs> because you're so critical. No, because he wanted to be a baseball guy. I, okay. You know, at the end of the day, you know, that's what he wanted. I don't know. Alex loves to talk. When he talks, yeah, he loves, he, you can't shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, we'll find out what okay. uh, what happens next. And and no, no, okay. I know we got to go, but uh, no thought on big red raptors. No thought. 
we'll get to that. We'll okay. do, we'll we'll well. Our guest um, has had a a relationship with that team. Sure, they uh, calling games and um, doing panel discussions and studio work with them. Uh, we'll get his perspective. Rod Black, Ooh. now X of uh, TSN and CTV, and I'm sure everybody knows. Or you have to say, I'm sorry, you have to say it the way Lloyd Robertson says it. How does he say CTV? CTV? CTV. That's, okay. that's in honor of Lloyd. I love Lloyd, but yep. Yeah, me too. I, I don't have to I don't have to say that way. That that, that CTV. Way. It's like it's like Bob Cole. You have to say St. Louis. You have to say St. Louis how, and you, how have you to say notice CTV. all this stuff. I'm a producer, Bob, at heart. I'm a producer at heart. And I listen. It's amazing what happens when you listen. All right. So what curious pronunciation do I have? No, no, it's it's your phrasing. You have the you have this this uh, bibliography of phraseology. A bibliography yeah, of phraseology. Of phraseology. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah. What in the name of the baby Jesus does that? I don't know. Mean? I just I broke one of my old cardinal rules. Don't use words larger than marmalade. So. <laughs> Wait a sec. M A R L. We'd 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 have to we'd have to do an actual count to find out if it was longer than marmalade. Marmalade's a big word, man. Rarely comes up in conversation, though, you know, John. Please pass the marmalade, can't, Bob. Can't can't tell you how many times I've said the word marmalade. In no, my you life. know why? You know what? You, you know what you say? Jam. Well, you say jam. I don't. I don't eat marmalade. I don't. I rarely eat jam. What? What do you put on uh, with the, on your nice piece of toast with peanut butter? What do you? Put I on rarely. Butter? Well, I rarely have toast. Oh. Um, you taught me this. That's the reason I'm. Oh, the bread is too much bread than I too used much, to be. Too much bread? Well, do you remember what you told me? Yeah. No bread, no potatoes, right? Yeah. And well, usually, usually the rule is anything white. Yeah. Well, rice, potatoes, bread. Rice, I don't eat a lot of anyway, but bread and potatoes. Yeah. I mean, I have I a know, meal with bread and potatoes. I, I have know, a, I have a potato sandwich. I, I know exactly where you go and you'd stay away from those French fries. I'm not eating French fries anymore. Excellent. And it and it worked. So yes, it ad, does. advice to all: if you're trying to lose weight, get rid of the bread, get rid of the potatoes. <laughs> you'll you'll hate it. Your meals will be miserable as hell. Yeah, but there's lots of stuff you can eat still. By the way, I give great advice. I just can't take it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're doing okay for a while there. Oh, I know, I know. Did but you, I you I, fell I, off I, the wagon, did you? No, I it, a little bit. I'm, I'm blaming the pandemic for everything. So well, I don't see you anymore, so I can't I can't tell how chubby no. you are. Pardon me. Well, I can't tell how fat you are. I was going to there say is. fat, but I, I decided to say chubby. I'm just a little. It sounds cuter. I'm just a little short for my weight. That's all. <laughs> well, cut out the potatoes and the bread. I know. I know. I know. Or get some platform shoes. Uh, with John Shannon, it's Bob McCowan, and Rod Black will join us after these messages. And we are uh, back. It's McCowan. It's Shannon. And uh, joining us in the world of the gainfully unemployed, <laughs> our pal Rod Black is. Uh, welcome, is welcome to the club. Yeah. Hey, how's, reti how's retirement hey, treating you? Yep. And there's a porch. I, Shannon and I talked about this a long time ago, many years ago. Uh, how there's going to be a porch for 
the OBC, the old broadcasters club. And uh, we'll all be sitting in rocking chairs, uh, retelling stories of days gone by. And I, I, I'm not in the rocking chair yet, uh, but I will tell you that it has been a very interesting last week. It's been a lot interesting last couple of months, but I know I talked to John last week and I'm very excited. I mean, again, I, you know, I'm, I am unemployed right now, but I, I'm uh, certainly exploring options, uh, including um, de redecorating your house there, McCowan. And well, I got, I got, and a, look, I got a gang like a, of people upstairs doing yeah, it right now. You've got so. to work. You've got to work on that. And Shannon, I am just going to bring in a janitor. That's all I'm going to do. Look at all those awards you got back there. Is your name on all those or what? No. No, I actually, I bought them at Dollarama, Rod. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you guys. It is, uh, it's a different time for sure. Well, so how long have you been sitting there doing um, not a damn thing? You know, <laughs> a week? Has it been a week now? Um, yeah, a week, I think. Yeah, yeah or close uh, to it. Yeah, I, actually, I would say more than a week because my last CFL game was on Thanksgiving Monday. So since Thanksgiving Monday, I have uh, been doing a lot of these. Um, because as you guys know, uh, old broadcasters never die. They just get podcasts. That's how it works. Well, you is that where you're head <laughs> Is that where you're headed? Have you thought well, about it, it? Well, you got it. You got an opportunity there. Is it, I know it's the two of you, but is there, is there, is there room for a, a third? There is always opportunity with the Fadu <laughs> family. With the Fadu family. Rod Fadu. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't done much since that time. I've just been answering a lot of calls and texts and, um, I, I, I also have an aside that I've been busy with the last few years and I have my own little production unit that we do some corporate stuff. I, I think I learned about the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial side of, uh, broadcasting years ago when I worked with one Bob McCowan who had many irons in the fire. He didn't have irons in the fire. He had many fires. And so, uh, I've been busy with some of the production stuff Good. too. So that's, so that's cool. Good. Shannon, so, you're um, sitting there I, gazing no, just, into the sunset. I'm just, just, well, I mean, listening to you guys. You know, that's my brother there. That's my you know, brother. That's my brother. Listening right to there, you John guys Shannon. compliment each other. I, mean, I was going to say get a room at one point. I didn't compliment either one of you. I didn't know. No. <laughs> this, so, this reminds me of the old days, though. Shannon is oh, the producer. McCowan at CJCL oh, and Young and oh, wherever that was. Was that Blur Street or? Young and Grenville, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really those old days in the '90s when I used to come in there and that place was a whole prime time sports with you. That was a lot of fun. You'd go out for your dart break, come back. Well, I mean, I made a call of this conversation too. <laughs> we, 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 we used to we used to call that exercise. Bob's going for exercise. Exactly. <laughs> well, I had to go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was always somebody so, to meet, right? Yeah. So, how oh, long boy. have you known, Rod? How long have you known that you were? Uh, uh, what, what's the path been like? I would say yeah. probably in July is when I knew, um, and I, you know, uh, um, mutually agreed upon that on how um, I would write off. I guess you might say, <laughs> um, and 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 I thank them for that. Um, but you know, certainly, hey, you guys have been down that road. It, it's, it is what it is. Draw your own conclusions, and it is. Um, it's not easy, certainly. I, I, I but I, I will tell you, I have not shed one tear. Only the tears that I've shed have been uh, regarding talking with colleagues and friends uh, uh, through the last few days, because you know that, that those are the most important people in this crazy journey, uh, and the players and the, the athletes that you have 
broadcast through the years. And so I, I'm, I'm certainly not done broadcasting. I'm not, I haven't retired, um, right. not yet. Uh, I still think I have, you know, some game in me and I, I, I love being around the games, but yeah, I've known for a while and, um, um, and, and I wanted to go out in, on my own terms and, and I'm happy I did. By the way, old announcers don't retire. They just fade to black. So yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, so how difficult and I, not to put you on a spot, how difficult was last night? Oh, watching the Raptors. Um, yeah. You know what? It was uh, diff different. I don't know if it was difficult. It was different. Uh, it was different watching the first CFL game afterwards, but I, I will tell you guys, you know, I've, I've gotten used to this stuff through the years when you lose properties, when we lose properties um, in the broadcast and, you know, industry, Johnny, you, you know, you, you and I have worked together in the past when, you know, all of a sudden you come in one day, you realize you're not doing the Olympics the next year, you're not doing a world championship. So you know what, guess what you do? Yeah. You, uh, you, you kind of say, oh, dang. And then you move forward and you put your next step foot for your, your, your next foot forward, your next step forward. And I think the same thing from last night. I, I was, it was, I'll tell you, it was difficult watching is, is how bad the Raptors were on opening night. Oh my, God. oh my gosh, that was bad. And I, you know, get, be patient this year. Cause that's the kind of team that they're going to have. We, we, we chatted before about the, that in the past, what kind of team they'll have, but it was definitely different. Um, I'm so used to being beside my buddy, Leo Routens and a guy who has become a great friend that we all love is Sam Mitchell. Uh, and, and you know what I'm just, I, I even missed them busting me. Cause that's all they do is bust me, you know, and Jack and Matt and, and the crew. And so, yeah, you do miss it. And I honestly really did. And I'll get down there. I really missed uh, the environment. We all have, we, right. you know, we haven't been in, an arena. The last time we were in arena was, you know, for the Raptors was early 2020. And, you know, before that, the championship and, and the, the, it's, there's no atmosphere like it. So I really, really missed being in that environment. And, and it's so good to see the crowd back. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was different. At the same time, I must say, I did have picture in picture. Uh, I, I, I did watch, but I was also watching baseball. You guys know me and I was watching other things and, and whatever was on that night and some hockey, but um, yeah, I, it, it'll be, it'll be a, it'll be a little different for a while for sure. What do you think you're going to miss the most? You've had the opportunity to do a, a wide variety of sports over the years. Um, is there one that jumps out at you? Yeah. And I, I, John will know this one and it's actually one that I have missed for a while and that's golf. I loved calling golf. Uh, we worked together on many golf events and then we lost the rights. And so you know, I've, I've missed that. I'll tell you, and, and John will tell you this. I think I miss that every single day, being in that environment for golf and baseball. I really missed when we did baseball because they're very similar games to call. Um, I think I'll miss them all, Bob. I really do. I, I love doing CFL games. I, you know what I miss is the, the juice of game day. We've all been there. We've all felt that walking down the tunnel, coming in before a game, going on the floor before a game, talking to the players, talking. And sometimes it's just casual conversation. Sometimes it means nothing. Sometimes it's off the cuff. Sometimes it's a little blue, but often it does give you a nugget for later in the game. And I really did love it. I think it's the closest thing for, for some of us that wanted to play sports and just weren't good enough. It's the closest thing to playing and there's nothing like game day. Um, yeah, we can love I love broadcasting. I love being in the studio. You guys love doing it from here, but there's nothing like being there. And that's what I'll miss the most. I'll miss those games that, that, but I, I trust me, I, you know, I'm, I, I want to get back in that. That's what I want to do again. And I want to be down in the field. I want to be at the diamond. I want to be on the ice. And um, it's, there's, 
that it's an intoxication really. And then you get ready for the game. You do the game, then you go out and then you get intoxicated after <laughs> yeah. the game. Hold on. Hold on. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, well, by the way, you're right. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen. And it hasn't happened for a lot of years. People always say, Oh, and they always say that too about, yo, you guys hang out with Barkley and yeah, we do. And you know, Leo and Leo must have some late nights. Yeah, we do. The, the, the libraries, by the way, guys, I found out they open till midnight. Um, but we do have, <laughs> we do have some fun. We all do. We all have fun. You have to mix, uh, work and play, but it's not like the old days where, you know, they, people would be doing all nighters. You can't, you can't, you got to get back at it and you got to get back on the horse and work the next day. So it's not quite the same as it once was John Shannon. You're, you're I tell you what, you're right about the golf. I miss the golf still. Uh, I, I loved doing the golf. You know, people forget, like, you know, I go back and golf because, you know, we actually brought David Faraday to the broadcast world. Remember those days? And he was, he and I did the first ever Newfoundland broadcast. It was before Ben Wright would come on yeah. with Jimmy Nelford. And that was kind of where I, you know, cut my chops with David at the time. And we kind of knew that Faraday would be really good when, you know, you throw down to him. Hey, let's go down to David Faraday. Sorry, Rodgers. I'm in the portalette. And you knew right away. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he says, there's John Daly. Look at that. Is that a haircut or two divots over each ear? And you kind of knew right away he would be really good. And then oh. you're working with the Ben Wrights of the world, this, this legendary voice, and uh, who's still shooting off, as we all yep. agree. Um, but, you know, and, and, and this was the time, and, and I'm sure Ben wouldn't mind us saying, uh, when he would remember Zeke, John, sure. floor, floor director, and he'd go, yeah. Zeke, my good man. This is about an hour before broadcast. Would you please go to the Nicholas Suite and take this water bottle and fill it full of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> and Zeke went over and he thought he was joking and comes back with a full of water and goes, Zeke, you fool! <laughs> I said vodka! <laughs> that was the I, era. I, so the, the, I'll just before we... We're going to talk about Rod. The idea is to talk about Rod, not about golf. But one of my favorite memories was sitting at a steakhouse in, in Oakville. Oh, my gosh. Thursday night or a Friday night of the Canadian Open. Uh, and Ben is at the head of the table telling us all about Australian wine. And um, uh, next thing you know, he turns and says, is that Oscar Peterson over there? Dude, dude, no, you, no, you don't. don't you got to. Re so remember, he was telling us all his stories about how much he loved Oscar Peterson. Oscar Peterson. Oscar Peterson, my favorite Canadian. Okay. So Bobby, so now I go to the bathroom and I come back and I was walked through. I think John, maybe you and I had walked back and Oscar Peterson sitting there. Yeah. And I think Sandra Post told him. And then he comes <laughs> and then we're walking out and he goes, I should go over there. I should go over there. I said, go man, go. I cannot, I cannot. And then all of a sudden, he takes a beeline, this big Ben, right? Like, you know, he's like an offensive lineman. He sits down. Oscar Peterson oh. is eating. And he sat there for 15 minutes. Remember, we're waiting on the street in Oakville. And he comes, yeah. he goes, my heart is palpitating. <laughs> <laughs> I have had the biggest thrill of my life. Oh, yeah. That Meanwhile, was, Oscar Peterson's going, who is this old English guy? Well, <laughs> Oscar Peterson couldn't have been. Dinner. Oscar couldn't have been too young at the time himself. 
No, but 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 Bob, he, he literally did. Ben literally did pull up a chair at the table. <laughs> it sounds like Oscar Peters sitting there. He there there it was a table for four, and Ben was number five. And he sat there at the table talking to Oscar Peters. I thought they were going to go over and play a duet on the piano that was in the oh, corner, but it was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Those yeah. are the great memories, and that's you know that's the stuff. By the way, those are the stories, and we have tons of them. We can fill books and mm-hmm. podcast time with all those great stories because that's the thing you miss too. You know, you miss that. I mean, I, you miss those dinners. I miss those those tech dinners. Those those broadcast dinners where we all kind of share sure. stories, but we also share a lot of Intel and info that sometimes you can't relay. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll take the break and come back. Rod Black is uh, with us. Not for the last time. I'm quite sure. Um, back after these messages. And we are back. It's uh, McCowan. It's Shannon. And it's uh, the uh, recently um, unemployed Rod Black. <laughs> I won't. I shall not refer to you as uh, retired. I'm merely uh, between engaged. <laughs> for, for the record, for the record, Rod, we you know we've had guy change jobs in the last year or so on the show. All of them prominent Canadian broadcasters: Bob Cole, Jim Houston, and you. And nobody, nobody wants to use the R word. No. Nobody Why would you? I buy the voice. I'm on Freedom 95. You know. Remember, hey, I got a lot of kids. I got a lot of mouths to feed. So, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't be living vicariously through them. <laughs> well, although you're going to, you're one of your, we're going to talk about him in a second. You're one of your sons. You might be able to live vicariously through uh, well, maybe for him. a while. He could be off yeah. my payroll. I, he may, he might be <laughs> off my payroll. <laughs> hey, uh, Hey, how do you know Barkley? How, I mean, you and Charles uh, became great. Fa- where, where did that come from? That's, that's an amazing story actually. Um, yeah. From, uh, broadcasting you know the early days 1995 and uh you know the first years and and being so close with leo leo and i were friends even before we started broadcasting and a lot of people might not know the story that you know if it wasn't for barkley wouldn't have become a sixer because they eventually traded leo so that barkley could become a sixer so they became they became friends and that's kind of how i met him at first and then he was always coming up here when i was hosting a lot of those golf events at the time there were a couple of celebrity events in in Canada and I got to know Charles Moore, uh, Charles Barkley Moore. And it was, he was just one of those gregarious, he, he is who he is. Charles Barkley is exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. Better than life, great. And so uh, through a mutual friend, um, uh, Chris Bundy, who was a Labatt's <laughs> rep at the time, mm-hmm. uh, we played some golf together. He caddied for Barkley, I, it was at Lionhead. And I'll never forget, I was playing behind them. And Bundy's real good with the barbs and Barkley clearly is too. And they were going at it, but Barkley was playing terrible at the time. And by the way, he was a good player and still, you know, contrary to what people believe, he's a very, still a very good golfer. Just the terrible swing. I don't know what happened to that. Anyway, the swing was good at the time. All of a sudden, Chris Bundy throws down his bag and says, you're the worst golfer I've ever been around. Go caddy yourself. And then Barkley, of course, being Barkley, come on, man, come on, come on, come back here. Come here. And they hug. And I, and then, so Bundy and I were talking about this and he said, well, let's get Charles up, play golf. Sure enough, we started playing some golf. I was a member at Scarborough Golf Club at the time. And then, um, tragically, uh, our friend Chris uh, was killed in a car accident. And uh, mm-hmm. I think our, our friendship became closer. Charles came up for the funeral. Um, I, 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 he never wanted me to tell people this, but um, he's probably the most good-hearted person I've ever met. And uh, I remember sitting in the church and... Uh, 
Chris and his wife had a, a young girl um, who was a preemie at the time and, and was a very successful story. Like, you know, a lot of preemies, unfortunately, we know how, how horrific and tragic that can be. It, it was a, a very happy ending. And, and um, Charles wrote a check for her for her college education that day. And wow. I thought, man, that, that just tells me everything you need to know. And then we became buddies. Then the next thing I invite him to my wedding and uh, he couldn't make it. But then I get a phone call that I got a phone call from Montreal Blanc, Quebec. And uh, my wife and I, Nancy, were sitting there and the weather is terrible. And uh, it's our honeymoon. And I get a phone call and it, it goes through the, the French operator. Monsieur Black, such and such. So Barkley comes on the line and says, in, in probably off-color language, mother something. And then, what are you doing? What kind, What are they speaking there? I want you and Nancy to come down to Las Vegas and join Tiger and Michael and I for your honeymoon. I said, no way. She's not going to want to do that. And sure enough, well, the weather was terrible. And you know Nancy, Johnny, so she said yes. Yep. So we went and spent our honeymoon, which was incredible, with Charles. And it was kind of the early days of our friendship. And we've just been real good friends ever since. And, and to me, he's... Um, I, I have to, I have a hard time because maybe one of the reasons that we're, we're so close is that I don't treat him like Charles Barkley. I treat him like I treat you two dudes. You know, we all bust <laughs> each other and he loves that. He loves Canadians and he's a generous soul who has great stories and loves great conversation. And he will, he will talk to everybody. Um, he has been a friend for life. will be a friend for life. Um, and uh, him reaching out to me as well over the last week has been very special too. You know, it's interesting you say that because I, uh, I've had a few people ask me about you and what it was like to work with you. And I said, well, once I took the Tylenol, I was okay. Um, but, um, <laughs> and adjust your watch. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the way, the, for Rod Black, the 10 o'clock meeting starts at 12. Hey, you got to understand that. You get used to it. Uh, but, but the one thing Busy. I would say, Rod, is, is, is anywhere you went, and this is an art Anywhere you went, uh, you ended up having friends. You ended up knowing people and, and creating relationships. Was that a conscious thing? Through the early years of this industry, which take is, you know, it's, it's hard and it's challenging, and especially when you're young, and I was very young, is um, I met some great people, some, some mentors too, that I, you know, they said, you know, take the job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. And I, one of those guys was Don Whitman, the late Don Whitman, and who, right. who, who I learned a lot from in Winnipeg. And, um, kind of took me under his wing in his own way. And, and I saw the way he interacted with people too. And, 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 you know, everybody has their idiosyncrasies. Mine obviously is not being on time, but uh, I, I, you know, this is the toy department. We've said that many times, this is fun and games. It's not like we were writing obituaries, although sometimes we have tragic and sad stories that we have to relay or controversial or scandalous stories and they're serious, but you know, why not? Why Another one that my dad taught me, never miss an opportunity to meet somebody. They can change your life. And so many people have. John, you have. You got Bobcat, same. You know, you just, you, the more you meet, the more people you meet, the more you understand that, you know, everybody's deep down, you know, there's something that you're going to love about them. So that's, that's kind of been my mantra, though, you know, this entire journey. I asked you almost off the top, if not, um, what you would, what sport you might miss the most. Is there a sport that you would have wanted to do, but never got the opportunity to? Hmm. Mm. 
You know, I did a little soccer, but now with soccer being so uh, popular, I think I would have really liked to have done a few more games, uh, matches. Um, and I, I, you know, I wouldn't say sports. I, I'm pretty sure I've done every game or every sport except rock, paper, scissors and hot dog eating contest. <laughs> and, uh, but I would say that uh, I would, um, like events, I, I never got a chance to broadcast the Stanley Cup final. I was there in a reporting role or whatever, um, but would I have loved to do that? Sure, an NCAA basketball final, I would say. All of the bucket list ones, I, I've been, we've all been pretty lucky, you guys. We've all been, we've checked so many of those bucket list things. There, there aren't too many more that I would have liked to, you know, we, I've been really lucky and, and privileged to have had a front row seat to some of the greatest moments in Canadian sport. Um, you know, I, I'm just trying to go through my you, little brain here. About did you, other events. did you ever call a fight? Did yeah. You call yeah. a boxing match. Yeah. Call, oh, yeah. Called many. Yeah. I, um, world, world fights too. I mean, a lot of those up at Casino Rama, but I also did, uh, and I loved it. Oh, Kat, you're uh, we talked about boxing and it seems to be making a bit of a, a, a you know, a, a resurrection again, with, uh, through the years and watching the heavyweights in particular, but MMA is kind of taken over. I guess, you know, probably MMA. And I, I, I will, truth be told, I didn't like it. Uh, and I, there's still a part of me that says it's very barbaric. Yeah, I don't and like I'm it. not sure. I'm not sure. But one thing I do love about it is um, the way they produce it. They The way they produce it, it's like, I think boxing's now, that's one of the reasons that boxing's becoming revitalized because of the, first of all, the fighters. And big names, but also the way that they start to produce things. Um, but now, maybe not an MMA, but yeah. So I did, yeah, a lot of a lot of fights. And one, here's another one. I, I'm, um, little known fact is probably one of the reasons that I'm sitting here is one of my best friends while I was growing up um, was the heavyweight boxing champion. We were inseparable at the time when he was in Winnipeg. Oh, I remember Donnie. Donnie. Uh, yeah, and I he taught me a lot about hard work. I saw work. Not that I didn't work hard, but I I, I didn't understand smart work. And I was doing, and I was plotting away and I was kind of still little, like, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be in Winnipeg doing late night sports forever, which is fine. You know, am I ever going to get that crack and get the opportunity? And then, you know, that dude taught me a lot about fight fighting and, and getting up every morning and staying up late and, and doing all your stuff. I, I owe him a lot. I really do owe him a lot. And he, and then he got me into the fight game too. And got a chance to call fights down as well. I love, love, love calling boxing. I really do. Huh? Yeah. And I know it's, I know it sounds, it's especially from a guy who also covers figure skating, yeah. but there is something it's magical about the science and, and, and you learn quickly, Bobcat, I'm sure you have, is that I learned quickly, do not wear anything white when you're ring, ringside. <laughs> I had spit and blood and on me than anybody. And I'm, I'd always kind of bring my buddies around if I was calling a fight, especially up in Aurelia and they quickly, uh, but there's yeah. nothing nothing quite like it if it's controlled and and there yeah there's a brutality that that exists but you know there's there's something about boxing that is uh, this leads me to uh, i have to tell the story because you tell stories better than i do uh but the day that we met evander holyfield <laughs> buddy that was also i think the same day that we met um two two other people's lives who changed uh considerably in in night that well that was not yeah night too in barcelona. in barcelona so uh bobcat you'll you'll also happen to know that we shared uh the same uh area with nbc so we saw you know bob costas and everybody sure. every day and uh into think about how these lives have changed oj simpson right bruce jenner 
changed True. clearly. True. And we'll ran into <laughs> Evander Holyfield. So, who, so let me let me let me do the preface here. So so yeah. Rod and I are in the outside the broadcast center, and Barcelona was a million degrees. It was hot, and so every day I had to take and have an ice cream break. So I went out and had a bar game, and Roddy said, "What? Where are you going?" I says, "I'm going to get ice cream." He says, "I'm going with." You. So there you go. I'm buying black an ice cream bar in in Barcelona, and we're eating our I ice cream cheap. bars. Yeah, yeah, I know. Producers didn't make the money then, <laughs> um, and and across the courtyard, walking by himself, Evander Holyfield. He had I two ears back then. Yeah, yeah, he said. I said, "There's Evander Holyfield." Roddy says, we got to get him on the air. We got, we got to get him on the air. I said, what? He says, next thing you know, two of us are spread across the courtyard and they're, and we're talking to Holyfield. And, and, Holyfield, and by the, the way, there's a ton of people and there are other requests. Like people are asking him, can you come here, come there? And <laughs> yeah. then John, take it and, away. And, and so the first thing Holyfield says to us is, where'd you get the ice cream bar? And listen, Evander, we need, we'd love to do an interview with you. Oh, okay. He says, but I'll do it if you buy me an ice cream bar. <laughs> we bought him an ice cream bar. We take him up the escalator to our compound. And the NBC guys, there's six of them at the top of the elevator waiting to interview Holyfield. Because that's where he was going initially, was to go to NBC. And he turns left with us and goes into the CTV studio. We have him for 20 minutes for our primetime show. And the NBC guys are banging on the door. They're screaming at us. They're yelling. And we got Evander Holyfield and, for and an had, ice cream bar. Do you remember? Too, he had like ice cream, a little <laughs> ice, bit of ice, ice cream, cream on his lip while he was doing the interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, can't, Man, it was you great. can't make that crap up. No. True no. story. No, he can't. Yeah. Well, look at um, We all reach a point in our lives where the road turns and or forks, as they say. <laughs> and you have to figure out uh, which of the... Uh, which of the uh, forks in the road you are going to, to take? A TSN turning point. Oh, wait, forget that. Well, you can say that. I won't, yeah. but you can. Okay. Um, and so um, the only experience I can, I, I can offer is um, take your time. Because uh, I think your mind, if you're like me, your mind will change mm -hmm. um, several times. You'll want to do it, then you won't want to do it. You'll want to do something else and... And, um, and actually you figure out what it is you want. And at this point in our lives, that's, what's really important. It's not what we, it's, to some extent, it's what we have to do, but to a great extent, it should be about what we want to do. And I know none of us have been pigeonholed over the course of our careers to do stuff that we hated. We like, we didn't hate going to work every day. None of us, no. but well, we never really went to work. We went to play. Yeah. Well, there's some truth in that too, but yeah. Just take but your time. Also, and, and I want to ask you this, and, and that is sage advice. But I do think, like, and, and I've talked to this, is that even over the last couple of years, and trust me, I'm so grateful to the CTV family. I mean, I, I did it essentially for 40 years with an affiliate first then there. And I don't know if they're the word tired. I just think you get, you kind of get beaten down after a while doing the same thing. And yeah, sure. people go, Raptors, everything. I just, would like to do, and you said it perfectly, the things you want to do. And there, by the way, more boxes to be checked off. You guys are a perfect example of that. There are more boxes to be checked, more people to meet, more things to do, more moments, more moments that are that exist out there. 
And I do think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that this kind of happened at the time because I, do th I didn't want to get to the point where it was becoming work. It never has been, but it was starting to gravitate towards work. And the, not, not mundane is not a, the right word, but a sameness, a sameness. You get bored. Thank you. That's, yeah. it, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And people think that somehow that is a negative connotation. Well, it's not. It's just no. obvious. After 40 years, uh, actually doing the same thing over and over and over. And over again, you want, well, different. I, I mean, I want to do yeah. something a little bit different, a little bit different, yeah. but you can't Hey, from what you've got, no. because we've all, you know, all experienced pretty decent careers in broadcasting, but mm -hmm. take your time, think about it yeah. and, um, and, and come back. And, and I'll, and I'll, be, I'll be watching some because my yeah. kids are playing baseball. Well, there you go. And so uh, you become a Cincinnati board. Reds fan, right? Milwaukee Brewers. I always was a Cincinnati Reds fan. Now I got, oh, and then of course a Blue Jays fan. Now, you know, my allegiance has changed a little bit now, but. Uh, yeah, and, and friends and family, you also regret the, the time that you never had a chance to go to your kids' games, your graduations. Well, of course. missed weddings. Missed, I missed my grandmother's funeral for this job, which I love, which I still regret to this day. There are things you regret. Missing more time to golf with John Shannon and Bob McCowan. How many times, you know, you get, you get out and you say, okay, I can do it, I can do it. Then you got to go, guys, I can't do it. Those are the things, those are the, the regret, regretful things I have that you can do now. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, we, we, uh, you know, it'd be simple of, uh, of us to uh, wish you good luck, but uh, you don't need it. And um, just oh, thanks. don't, don't jump, you yeah. know, just wait, just see yeah. how you feel, mm -hmm. take your time and something good will wind up happening. Yeah. And if, if worse comes to worse, you've always got Shannon and I to bug. If you need, I to. got this, I got this square up here. It's like the Hollywood squares. I want to thank both of you guys though, because you know, one of the things that in this industry, you know, I, I, I'm sure you're the same. I, I've always said I learn something new every day. Learn, learn. Even when we get a little older, you guys taught me a lot. Bobcat, I worked with you. You taught me professionalism, storytelling, uh, and not to take smoke breaks. <laughs> you taught me about wine. Exercise. But you taught me a, a, a guy who also um, demanded the truth. And, and I appreciate that. And John, friendship will last forever. You, you, you're the greatest producer I've had. You, 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 made quit sucking up to him. you made things better, ah, stop. Um, but unfortunately you never made your office better. So work on your office a little oh. bit. Look at that there's thing. A, but there's a few pictures of Rod Black on the walls. No, yeah. but yeah, that's a, that's a dartboard. <laughs> I think anyway, boy, you know how much I care about you guys. So thanks. We love and, you, Blackie. Uh, yeah. And I love you guys. All thanks right. for having me. Well, uh, I know it's not golf season, but we'll, we'll, we'll plan on getting the sticks out next, next spring. And uh, hopefully we see you long before that. Thanks, pal. All Thank the best. You. See you guys. Rod Black, we'll come back after these. Well, it was great to see uh, Blackie and uh, see him in good spirits. And um, there's no reason to be sad or depressed, but it is, it's just this evolution of the industry that we have been in all our lives is um, so puzzling. It's it, happened before though, Bob, it happened to, it's I, happened to previous generations. You know, I was there when, when they had to tell Danny Gallivan that he was too old, you know, I, you know, well, I yeah, was, but those, you know, you know, appreciate that. And those are, 
kind of one-offs. But what we're seeing now is this complete annihilation of people who have made their living and become household guests in the homes of millions of people mm -hmm. are just being chopped off. And, and it's being done principally for economic reasons. It's, it's not a question of, of quality of performance. It's not about being too old. Um, it's, you don't think. It's not. about economics. Mm. It's this decision that this industry has made that we don't have to, we don't have to reward someone for 30 or 40 years of service and the economic benefits that the company has derived from that service, we can go get and, and pay him a 10th, a 20th yeah. of what we're paying this guy. And they'll be just as good. The interesting, you're right. You're right. But the interesting part of, uh, of, of our business is there aren't less fans. There aren't less consumers. In fact, I would argue there are more. It's just that uh, I think I think that and managers are still learning how to deliver the content to the to the consumer. I really well, do. I really do. If I you mean, bring I mean, if you, sports if, talk radio, has, sports talk radio has changed a lot. Uh, television watching games, you know, people under thirty watch games like you and I do, Bob. But they still want to talk about the games, well, and they still sure want they to do. watch the highlights of the games. If you bring in, you know, so it's different. If you, if you let a bunch of a bunch of people who have no history in the industry run the industry, they're going to bring polarizing points of view, and quite frankly, stupid points of view. And that's essentially some are stupid. What is some aren't. Some are stupid. Some aren't. You know. Well, and we've all been victims of both. We've we've been victims, or we've been advocates for both. You know, uh, it, it's funny. I had a discussion with somebody the other day about, well, why why is the company doing that? Why why is that group doing that? It was well, that's what the boss wants. You know, and every every boss has a right to go in and try to invoke some of his editorial belief, and some work and some don't and that's 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 the phase we're going through in our industry in this country and by the way the americans went through it five six years ago we're well, I know. five well, or six I mean, years ESPN behind lopped off how many heads you know well, overman and, and patrick were bigger than the network at one point they were bigger than the network the next thing you know they were gone yeah hard to explain um and hard to justify and i think if you went to espn right now and they gave you the honest truth the economic reality was that while those guys were well paid, um, ESPN got on, took the short end of the stick for an awful long time, maybe still, and made less money. And as you know, I can tell you straight up that when we were doing primetime, that was a profit center. It was the single biggest profit center for um, the radio division. And yeah, did it cost them a lot of money? Sure it did. Was there profit? There sure was. Is there profit today? No. There's a lot of red ink. So sometimes investment spending is, well, all the time, investment spending yeah. is a wise thing. All the time. Yeah. But and, there, aren't, there aren't less sports fans. That's the one thing well, we know. No, there aren't less. They're, they're looking for something that they can grab. Correct. And, and um, I can't explain why. TSN CTV 
decided to Blackie go. I have no idea. I assume it was fiscal. Um, you know, the guy has quality is, is good. Mm -hmm. Um, his utility is extraordinary because his work, his his work ethic working. And I think we got a sense of that today about how he even remembers stuff and the ability to tell stories. Sure. And that's, isn't that our business? Isn't that our business? He's had the opportunity over the course of his career to do a lot of things. Sure and did. how how you find somebody who can who can do that is beyond me. But I'm not sure. I, and I, you know, it's funny. I, you know, when when we were much younger, that was uh, one of the great calling cards of broadcasters in our country. Versatility was versati- versatility, and something changed along the way. Well, everything in life changes. Uh, for John Shannon, Bob McCowan. <laughs> Very, very, very good, Bob. Thank we you. Should, we should get that out. We should get that on a poster or something. Oh, not for free. I need the money. Okay. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>